Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time. I'm Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week, we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 4, Teacher's Pet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stay tuned at the end of this episode for a song that will recap the episode after we finish talking through recapping the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so many recaps, so little time. My first question is, uh, do you have plans to put Xander's sweet, sweet guitar solo into your song? <laughs> um, like the actual melodic guitar solo or referencing his guitar solo lyrically? I meant, no, no, no. I meant the actual guitar solo, whether via sample or playing it yourself. Well, um, legally... Too- Legally and also technically, I don't really, know. you think that somebody has a, a like the rights to that song? Well, the actual sound clip, like we couldn't use. I don't think I'm going to be able to play that. Wow! And I'm certainly not going to devote my time to learning it. Do you at least like my idea, or are I we having a business love meeting? Love right your idea. Oh, okay. I forgot that we weren't having a business meeting. Yeah, you did. Everything... You were like, hem, hem, hem. Tightening my tie. I got my abacus, <laughs> put it on the desk. Well, you see, this is how mm. music works. Thank you for coming by, Ms. Russo. There went my whole joke <laughs> down the tubes to the profession of music. I am deeply shamed. Um,. Man, I have so many notes for this episode. I have a lot of notes, too. Uh, I don't even... I took some notes that were, like, more general about things I wanted to talk about, and then I had so many specific notes that I don't even know where to begin. Um, <laughs> well, why don't we try to go generally chronologically Right. Well, I mean, I start with the teaser cold open and and have a note to talk about the credits as well. Like, You're I, saying Xander's Daydream and then also the credits. Yeah, no, I'm talking about, like, in every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the Slayer. Pretty tight. Which I wrote down, because I was like, well, this, we should talk about this. Yeah, I think that that's at the beginning of every episode of season one. Mm. And then it goes away. I think so, but we'll find out. I guess we'll, we'll have to wait. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about that and then the credits, which we haven't really talked about either. We sure haven't. Dun, 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 you know? Great the, song by Nerf Herder. We see lots of clips, so we have like, I feel like if you're an avid viewer, you're watching. I used to always watch the opening sequence of shows, especially in the beginning, because I knew that they were pulling from future episodes. Right, right, and you wanted and I, some clues. Yes, I might be able to glean some clues about what was to come. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but little by little, we're ticking them off. Like the, Yeah, we've seen the cat jump out of the chest in Witch. Yeah, and the cauldron is also in the credits. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then the I think the crucifix necklace is in <laughs> the credits, which is obviously the first episode. Well, so they've got to really get their money's worth out of that shot. But there's some, like, you know, looks between some characters and some stuff that, that happens that I noticed that I was like, mm. oh, foreshadowing. Um, what what are you anything you saw that you want to talk about? No, no, no. Like what if they're launching for the first time? Mm. They can watch the credits themselves. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Draw their own talking conclusions. Talking to you out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, and then and then right, I do want to talk about Xander's dream though. I'm sure you want to oh, talk about Lord, it. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Two feminists in a room <laughs> dealing with Xander's dream. Oh, man. <laughs> well, listen, who among us didn't want to rescue a pretty girl? <laughs> When we were in high school, <laughs> two or queer feminists, high, or elementary room. school, or preschool, or potentially in the womb. Were you having dreams about rescuing damsels in distress in preschool? Maybe not preschool, but like early elementary school. Yeah, you seem like the type. Thanks. <laughs> I think. 
<laughs> but yeah, this is like classic, classic damsel in distress uh, desire dream here. Right, right, right. And I love how, like, I love how slapstick funny it gets because it's not even just like Xander daydreaming about saving Buffy but then he's like yeah I can do my solo and still be back in time to kiss you like there's like so many or whatever he says where there's like so many layers he not only wants to make out with Buffy but also he's the best guitar player but best guitar soloer in all the land right 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 but do you feel like that's a that's just part of his daydream because it's part of what makes him desirable to Buffy in his daydream I don't think Buffy's given us any indication that she is attracted to sweet guitar soloists isn't attractive. I I took that more as like the masculine desire to be a, one of many things and like a rock star, a savior, mm. you know, all okay. those things. It was very, whew, what did I write about it? Oh, I just said like the everyman dream of being uh, the like the woman's savior and playing. <laughs> and then I said, my note was every man's dream of being her savior and playing a guitar solo. Oh man, oh man, oh men. Am I right? That was my full, <laughs> that was my full note. Oh man, oh man, oh men. Am I right? But then you kind of under, you kind of upended that by telling us that, of course, you were having the same kinds of fantasies. Right, 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 right. So... Sorry for upending that. No, I mean, I think it's a very interested, interesting upending. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, well, I was having those fantasies without the benefit of male privilege. But then I was like, are we going to say male privilege on this podcast? Well, we did say we were going to try to say patriarchy once every episode. And, and that's the one. Yeah. So <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> I love the science teacher. Oh, man, what a short-lived love it was. He believes in Buffy. <sighs> I took some, like, real-time notes this time around, like, where I was, like, writing as I... Because I don't know. I did not know this episode. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And um, after I talked about Buffy's lip gloss, which we can get back to in a minute, <laughs> uh, I, I wrote... Oh, this teacher is so nice. Don't let him be a demon. No, he's going to be a demon. Is he an ant? Oh, no, he got attacked by an ant. That was... <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a beautiful window into your mind. That was what was happening. Yeah, I just wrote it down. I have one more. <laughs> Later, I'll have another stream one of consciousness. So Great. Yeah. Wait, but, but tell me about Buffy's lip gloss. Uh, I just like... So as Buffy goes over to talk to the teacher, what do, what's the teacher's name? Do you know? Uh, the science teacher's name is Dr. Gregory. Dr. Gregory. So as as Buffy's going to talk to Dr. Gregory, there's like a, you know, a nice close-up. Uh, yeah, we see many close-ups of Buffy's face. And her lip gloss looks so on point. And it made me think back to my lip gloss days. You know, I mean, I had some serious lip gloss days. Mm. I don't know if you bypassed that in your life. But I didn't have too many lip gloss days. I loved no. a lip gloss. I had like many, many, many different kinds of lip gloss. And the pinnacle lip gloss for me was, I can't remember the name of it. It was like, it was not called Lip Demon, but for some reason, <laughs> that's what just came into my head. And it had like a, a like a plumper in it or something. Oh, so it like burn, it would like burn your lips, but Eek. it would like make them super shiny and full. And I felt like maybe Buffy was racking that. I don't know. I, I can't remember what it was called, but. That's oh. my lip gloss uh, sidebar. I knew that there was plumping lip gloss. I'm so oh, yeah. uncomfortable right now. Yeah, I know. And who knows what was in it? Like, what was I putting on my mouth? Oh, God. Um, but yeah, so this teacher, we love him. He loves Buffy. He believes in her. Oh. He thinks she can do anything. She. He doesn't care about her permanent record. He doesn't. And it's like... What a guy. You know, taking that that through the whole episode, I just felt like it, they showed you so many times during this episode how much it meant to her as a student and as a yeah. person to have had just one person believe in her, which I felt was really cool and obviously like point or and obviously spot on. It was just like, wow, this person believed in her and she's doing her homework. Mm-hmm. And it's paying off. And how proud was Willow? So proud. When Buffy is in the library oh and she's like, I'm going to do my homework and it cuts to Willow and Willow is like. So just beaming with pride. Beaming. So, so lovely. <laughs> that was a great moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do we want to talk any more about the teach that teacher or that was it? Oh, well, I'm, I'm sad he's dead. I'm sad that he had to have his head eaten by the mantis. Now I'm wondering. Oh. My first note was, is Dr. Gregory a virgin? Because I remembered oh, that she yeah. specifically 
was uh, luring virgins, right? And then I was like, oh, maybe she was just hungry and she needed to get him out of the way in order to become a substitute so she could start luring boys home. But then in the very, very last scene of the episode, oh, right. we there see. are eggs yeah. in the science lab. So where'd those eggs come from? So are, So does that then mean that he was a virgin? That's what I'm wondering. And not to get too far ahead of myself, but is he being considered a virgin perhaps because he... <gasps> Uh, is a is a gay Dr. Gregory, right. and in the nineties, that might mean you were a virgin <laughs> to some people or a large bus. or maybe to a praying mantis. That means you're a virgin to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it isn't even societal. You know, maybe praying mantises are just it's more special. It's more like if you fertilize if you fertilized another's eggs, right? right. Ooh, oh, science, I love you. Yeah. Like maybe that's what it is, but that's that was a, that's a very astute observation. You'd almost think that you'd watched this episode four hundred thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, that's where I'm at. Oh, I, so I wanted to talk about the bronze. Mm. Um, we get to go to the bronze a couple of times in this episode, which is always very exciting to me because I find the bronze to be one of uh, the main characters right, in right, the right, show. Right, right. Uh, as I mentioned on the first episode. And this band, you said they are a real band that was uh, playing? Looks like that band is called Superfine. And Superfine. we hear them perform Already Met You. We see them perform Already Met mm -hmm. You. And then later we hear them perform Stoner Love. Oh, wow. And the songs are from their EP Superfine. <laughs> Well, super Already fine. Met You also appeared on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the album. Oh, oh, we should get that album. Why do you not have that album? It's a mystery. Yeah. Whew. Um, but that, okay, so that's exciting. First of all, also Already Met You, great song choice for when Angel is back Ooh. at the bronze. And not to get too ahead of myself, because that wasn't even my first note, but what a cut. What a reveal. Mm. What a hunk. Such a hunk. But what um, the note that I made was the about the silver shirt that the band leaders. I made that note too. Tell me what you're. Tell me what you were thinking. Uh, I was thinking like, did I have that shirt or something similar at some point? Because hot topic, probably. Yes, and I and I did have. <laughs> that was my note. Was I had not that shirt, but it was a silver shirt, and it was my. Fa I had an outfit that I was like obsessed with, and I went to see Bush in concert. Oh boy. And I wore my silver shirt, similar to the one that that gentleman is wearing, underneath my overalls with <laughs> with heels or like chunky heels that were clear. The shoe was clear, like like Coke Zero or whatever the hell that like totally mm -hmm. see through. Mm -hmm. And the heel was silver, and the laces were silver. Good lord, I looked. Great. Right. Oh, that's the concert where you think Gavin Rossdale made a bunch of eye contact with I'm you, right? He did. Mm -hmm. Like, he definitely, I stood on the chair in the theater, and he looked into my soul. I bet. I I'm, bet. I'll, yeah. I what mean, do you it think was he saw there? A, a beautiful girl in a silver <laughs> shirt. <laughs> but yeah, so that was he my... He was probably like, oh, is that Rob from Superfun? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it can clear up the mystery for him after all these years. <laughs> You're welcome, Gavin. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I think the, a very important thing that happens at the bronze before we cut to Angel, my note of which is OMG Angel, is Xander and this guy, Blaine. 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 Ugh. Right? The worst. Uh, yeah. And this moment between them is just wretched. It's with crushing. Blaine being like, I banged this girl, and then I banged this other girl, and I banged all the girls. And then Xander, instead of just being like, oh, that's a rude way to talk about women, <laughs> <laughs> Xander does not do that. Xander's oh, no. He like, instead responds like a boy in high school. Yeah, I know. And that's what I kept having to, like, talk myself down. Right, right. Like, you know, this is supposed to be, like, an accurate portrayal of boys in high school. And look at them go. And at least he what he's not like Blaine, and he's just like Xander. Right, right. So they have this moment, really setting the scene for the rest of the episode, because this whole episode is is like hinges on masculinity and like the need for boys and men to feel that they are possessing masculinity, whether in the form of like not being a virgin or being tough or playing a sweet guitar solo. Right, right, right. But it's also about flipping the script. And taking that power, like taking that power and giving it to a lady or 
a mantis. Right. Uh, oh, what you know a, what what a lovely mean? wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't even thinking about how the first half of mantis is man, but that's interesting. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's the whole thing, though, mm-hmm. right? Like, the core of this is this, like, challenged, fragile masculinity. And then, just, I mean, you know, we say this, this is only the fourth episode of this podcast, but I feel like we're constantly talking about how that's flipped. It's flipped. Right, 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 right. And so this episode does just that. It brings in... In maybe my favorite way so far. Oh, you want to have sex with me? Get a load of this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I, I have a little, I had a little moment before we meet, speaking of praying mantis, before we meet Miss French, um, Giles has a moment. Oh that my God. I, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I think we took all the same notes. Well, okay. Well, that's good. That's helpful. Cause otherwise this episode would be six hours long. Right. So it took a lot of notes, but there's a moment where Giles is like, yeah, it's sunny. It's sunny here every day. And like rolls his eyes and he's so disgusted with California. And I fell in love with Giles in that moment as a new Los Angeles transplant from the <laughs> East Coast. You know, he's coming from overseas where it's gray and rainy. Right, right. Uh, but I'm coming from the East Coast where it can at least be gray and rainy and can be cold or hot. You know, it can be many things. Mm-hmm. And I'm really struggling to acclimate to this, you know, constant sun. that it, it the, And then like the, the lack of a change of season. Right. So I really identified. Really it. Feeling I, it. I was really feeling it. I was like, God, Giles, me too, man. LA is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all. It's my little moment. And then in comes the teacher. Woo! Up she walks on the sidewalk, and that unfortunate music starts thrumming in the background, <laughs> sort of like vaguely tribal sound. Really? Like, I, didn't, I don't sort remember. Sort of like tribal drumming, which I feel like is supposed to signify Xander's, uh, you know, like sort of primal urges oh rising up in his nether regions. Gross. I don't know if we should ever say Xander and nether regions <laughs> in the same breath. Uh, personal, personal preference. Personal preference. Um, but yeah, and then there's Blaine again and Xander, like this whole... This is a horrible way to say this, but the note I took was, God, this episode is just one big dick fight between Blaine and Xander. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like Xander being like, I'm a dude, and then Blaine being like, I'm more of a dude. I'll show you where that science classroom is. It's right here next to the field where I won that award with my penis. Speaking of which, (laughs) uh, I'm guessing then that Blaine has been like left back or something or is taking last year's science class because he's saying he led his team to victory. The previous year, but Xander, Buffy, and Willow are taking, are they taking freshman classes? Oh, are they fresh? See, I don't even know what year they are. Or maybe they're sophomore. I'm sorry, they're sophomore. They're sophomore. Okay. But wow, he was on varsity in freshman year. Now I'm impressed. He's the Blaine got you. You got me. <laughs> Jenny will go home with you, Blaine. <laughs> Blaine! <laughs> um, and then right away, as soon as we get into the classroom, I was like, oh, she's a praying mantis. Like... <laughs> There was just, like, mantis paraphernalia everywhere. (laughs) There was, like, a a computer printout of, like, a close-up of a mantis face taped up on the wall. She's got one. Now, that's kind of weird and reminds me of the episode of BoJack Horseman we just watched with the people, friend chickens and food chickens. Yeah. There's this gigantic praying mantis carrying around a regular praying mantis in a little terrarium Oh, man. That praying mantis must have been, like, shitting itself, you know? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I guess she wouldn't hesitate to eat. A miniature version of her own kind if she's regularly biting off the heads of her mates, be they human or mantis. You know, I know we're early on in this series, but the the construction of the demons and the bad things is really, like, it really gets me to my core, especially when we start to peel it apart and, like, you're, like, Mm. talking about her. She is very upsetting in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, that 360-degree head spin, or 180-degree head spin, I should say. Yes, and, like, good casting. Yeah, I, th- I feel like that actor is just She's really, like perfect. She really nailed it. Do you think she walked in and they were like, well, yeah. <laughs> you got she it. She is, what is, what is her name? Her name is Musetta Ooh. Vander. Oh, what? <laughs> For real? Uh-huh. Musetta. And she's from South Africa, which you can sort of hear at various points. You can hear like a touch of an accent, but it sounds like she's trying to keep it pretty American sounding. Oh, interesting. I actually, I didn't know where she was from. And I thought she was doing a very, very mild accent because <gasps> I did notice the accent for sure. I could 
be also totally wrong. Yeah, who um, knows? Maybe that's just like where she's at. Right, <laughs> right. I also, I, obviously we're going to talk about um, this praying mantis teacher a bunch, but I did want to say I really appreciated another little, um, I'm I'm here to pull out the feminist moments in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> but, you know, Blaine and Xander are outside and they're like volleying for this teacher and Xander has a moment where he can't think of where the science room is and he looks to them <laughs> and he's like, could you help me out? Could you? And they're Buffy like. Are, and Willow are just like, absolutely not. Yeah, bro, they just shake, luck. shake their good heads. <laughs> it, was, it was really nice. It was really nice. I feel like it's worth mentioning too, like while we're talking about casting, I feel like Price Jackson, who plays Blaine Mall, is like pretty amazing casting for like that douche you hate yeah. in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Also, though, be careful with your usage of the word douche. <gasps> <laughs> How would you describe him? I mean, no, I obviously. He's, no, 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 He's no, the I, worst. Redacted, he's, redacted. He's the worst, but, you know, whatever. Um, Thank you for helping me help myself. Also, we know we know right in the start of this scene that Blaine is totally fucked, right? Like, Oh, you can't be that big of a jerk. Yeah, and he and she's going that. for him first. Right, 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 right. Um, I, <laughs> Wait, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. Please, I want to say um, when she's teaching her first class, I love this moment. Where she's saying, the mantis is forced to live alone. Who can tell me why? Buffy. And I feel like Ms. French sensed something in Buffy. <gasps> that there was something in Buffy that kept her apart from her fellow students oh, and wow. teenagers. I missed that line. I didn't even, I was not even aware of it. That's, that's very, I like that. I'm like very insightful about you this really episode. You really are. You're, you're picking the good notes. <laughs> I, I put from that same scene. Where she's like, and then the mantis. And she's like very sexually describing mm, yes. what's happening with the mantis. And I thought, did Isabella Rossellini watch this oh, wow. episode and get her inspiration for her series? What is it called? In uh, Green Porno. Green Porno. Because it, it like might as well have been the Praying Mantis episode of... If I were a mantis. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right? So Actually, I wonder if there is a mantis episode of... I think there is because of the yeah, no, biting. Yeah, no, I... Oh, We've you mean it. specifically that episode? I'm yeah. catching up here. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. thought you meant like conceptually. Wow, wow, wow. No, no. I think the first episode of Green Porno that I saw was the Praying Mantis nice. episode, <laughs> and so this was like, oh man, this is the same thing. They could have cast her to play the, the mantis. Couple things about the cafeteria. Ooh, a hot dog surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only thing that might be worse than hot dog surprise is your headless teacher. In a oh, fridge. right. But in between those two things, there's another low point, which is Blaine saying he's carving up for his after school session with Ms. French. Oh, God. So sick. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah, so and- if anybody was going to find a body, wow, I'm so glad it was Cordelia. So glad it was Cordelia. Insert Cordelia song. Yes, here she is. This is her first entrance in the episode, I believe, because I wrote in all caps, Cordy. Yeah, she's only in two scenes, right? She's We see her discover the body, mm-hmm. and then we see her in with the counselor. But she really makes very limited screen time count in this episode. She really does. What a scream. What a scream. Yeah, that's up there. It is up there. Patricia Arquette still holds the award, uh, episode three of Nightmare on Elm Street. There'll be no toppling no. Patricia Arquette, no. but... Uh, Charisma Carpenter holding her own. Yeah, that was a great scream. And it came right on the heels of us finding out that every day Cordelia goes into the kitchen to get her medically prescribed (laughs) lunch. (laughs) I love her. I love her too. Uh, What do you think's in there? Do you think she's on the Whole30? Definitely. She's way ahead of the curve. She started the Whole30 in 97. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Then we go right to uh, Buffy and Willow and Xander in the library with Giles once again. Tumbleweeds in the library. Only the Slayerettes meet there. Yeah. And 
Giles gives Buffy a glass of water, and then he goes and gets his death newspaper. He's always got <laughs> a death newspaper ready to shake in their faces and say, well, these people died, and this person's missing, and oh my goodness. Right, right. I mean, you know, they have to have some character touchstones. That's Giles. Giles always is reading the death paper for Xander. Xander's always wearing his sweater with the stripe in it, which also appears in this, right. uh, in this part of the episode. Speaking of wardrobe, mm. is it just me? Or is Fork Guy the vampire kind of dressed like he just got off shooting an episode of Xeno Warrior Princess? Do you know who I thought of when I saw Fork Guy? Is, um, you know the movie Hocus Pocus? I thought you were going to say, you know the movie Predator? And I was going to be like, yeah, exactly. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Remember, um, I can't remember his name. He's one of my favorite characters. The guy with his mouth so Yeah, shy? yeah, yeah. He looks, he's like styled the same. Except really? Except he has a scissor hand. I don't know. I didn't see that. But he, he's like all like dusty with like... These like natted pieces of hair. Mm-hmm. For the, for those of you listening who were confused about my silence, I was wiggling in my chair <laughs> and wiggling my hands above my head to show Jenny. Yeah. So just picture that, and <laughs> you'll have an style. idea of what's going on here. Um, but yeah, scissor hand guy. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't call him that. We don't want to confuse him with Edward. Um, fork guy. Fork guy. Poor guy is is a is a very likable character in this episode. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, definitely a villain. Yeah. It's uh, hard to, it was hard for me to understand him as a vampire because he didn't seem like one because of his fork hand. And because of his leathery, uh, like, horse lord outfit. Oh, speaking yeah, of Yeah, he looked like a Dothraki. Okay. Okay, sorry. I'll let you have I'm that done, moment done, for I'm yourself. Done. You good? Okay. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Leathery just made me remember back to the scene where we saw Angel for the first time. Jenny, this is why we never see that amazing leather jacket again that she wore because she is be- wearing yes. Angel's jacket. For she the takes time. Angel's jacket. Here's a thing. Let's think about this realistically. Sarah Michelle Gellar is what, like 5'1", five, 5'2", <laughs> five, yeah. and David Boreanaz is like, I think he's around six feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, there's a bit how, of a size How difference. can we possibly suspend our disbelief enough to take hold of his assertion that that jacket looks better on you, Buffy? You know what? If it means that hunky Angel is giving his jacket to Buffy, and, I and will now, suspend all of my disbelief. And now walking around in a uh, tank top. <laughs> yeah. Win-win. <laughs> it's a great thing. Oh, my God. Giles, following our introduction to Fork Guy and also watching how incredibly scared he is of Ms. French, which is so great, uh, we have two great things from Giles. And they are... Whew. 
First of all, we see him with a mug, but it's not his green home yes. mug. It's his work mug. So don't get confused yes. if last episode you decided to be my uh, <laughs> comrade in the field hunting down a green mug. That's not... No. You, we didn't see the mug in question in this episode. You that will, is just some shoddy work mug. You will not from get... The teacher's lounge... <laughs> Don't don't look at that mug. Look away. You you won't get a song for that mug. No, no, no. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> Buffy asks him if he know, if he knows Miss French, the substitute biology <laughs> teacher, and he says, "Oh yes, she's lovely." In a common, extremely well-proportioned way. <laughs> yeah. Smooth Giles. Very smooth Giles. Giles is too is too smart, too re- too well-read to possibly admit that he might be attracted to a lady. <laughs> A lady who isn't, you know, reading a book. I'm only interested in books and tweed. My my next um my next little note here is is when we have Xander with Miss French at her house. So if you have something before that, just before that, mm-hmm. she's like, "Would you be willing to come to my place?" And he's like, "Duh!" And then it cuts to him t- taking the ripping guitar solo. Oh, uh, right. Which is pretty great. That is a good moment. And, and you know, actually, there is a, there is an important moment to probably talk about. Well, there's two. One, she eats a fucking sandwich she of eats crickets. a cricket witch. Which is like, must be your nightmare, because Jenny hates crickets. Well, those crickets aren't as bad as the ones we have, like, in our garage, oh. which oh, remind me of crickets we had mm, in the, like, cellar where we kept the inner tubes. <laughs> inner tubes, in case you didn't grow up in the middle of the woods, uh, are the... Inflatable tubes that go inside your tires, and if you are not the kind of person who has something else to float around on in a river, creek, or lake, you might take an inner tube, blow it up, and go uh, floating around in it. Wait. Inner tubes are tubes from inside of tires, and that's why they're called inner tubes? Yes. I just thought, and I, I thought you were so silly telling everybody what an inner tube was, because I was like, everyone knows an inner tube is just well, a, flo- a floating tube that goes right, into the pool. I guess I could have just left it at that, but I wanted to be specific that the ones we had were from actually inside of tires, and not like the like wow. the branded ones that you would buy at like the sporting goods store. But how cool is that? I never even knew that's why they were called inner tubes. I didn't yeah, know where the word go. inner, I just suspended my disbelief. I was like, sure, they're inner tubes. I'll so Anyway, we kept our inner tubes, real inner tubes, mm-hmm. in this like weird cellar compartment, and I would have to go in to get them if we were going to go swimming. And there were enormous like mutant crickets. We called them uh, hippity hops because I. Well, my mom actually came up with a name. I was going to say we called them that because we were children, but my mom dubbed them, I believe, hippity hops. And they're kind of like translucent and enormous and the worst. And the ones we have in the, the garage here are like smaller versions of that. Those I wouldn't want to eat. I feel like the ones <laughs> oh, you'd, she you'd, made, you'd want to eat the tiny ones. If I if I had to choose between Ms. French, uh, the Ms. French cricket witch, mm-hmm. or a cricket witch of my own making, <laughs> using the crickets in our garage, I would pick her cricket witch. Well, this is good. Good to know. Good to know that in the game show you just made up, where you have to decide between <laughs> eating the cricket witch we saw or the cricket witch you make, you will pick Miss <laughs> French's cricket witch. <laughs> Um, the other thing that I, that I didn't write, but that I remembered is that this is the moment when it, I mean, it probably should have been last episode when Buffy was like, Xander probably has a crush on me because we didn't talk about it, but he- The bracelet! He gave her, last episode he gave her a bracelet. What did it say? Yours always. Right. But, and then he said, uh, oh, they all said that. <laughs> but you know, he went to Things Remembered and he selected the engravable charm bracelet and was like- Yours always. Wow. And there's a relic that lives on today. Things remembered stood the test of time. Things remembered is still a thing. Mm-hmm. I was not w- just remembered. No, it's, it's still a thing and it's still remembered. And it is still in Crossgate Mall in Albany, New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but this is a moment, like this moment between Xander and Buffy is like very, very um telling for Buffy. I think it must be the first time that she's really noticing. Mm. that Xander has feelings for her because Xander loses his whole mind. He loses his whole mind. He's like, oh, you can't stand it that I have feelings for another woman. Right. And she's like, what in the the hell is going on? Um, So that was an important moment. But then the next note I have is in all caps, your hands are really serrated, (laughs) which was a line I really enjoyed. Yeah, that's one of my favorites too. I also wrote that down and then I immediately wrote down after that, wow, that morphing effect. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I know it was 1997 and everybody was doing the best they could with the money they had. Right. But wow, that morphing effect. Yeah. I mean, hand to, what do you, what do you call a, a, a mandible? What do you call a... Uh, mandibles are like by your mouth. Right. Or your mouth if you have mandibles, not your mouth. <laughs> the uh, big reveal of this episode is that I, Kristen Russo, have mandibles. <laughs> yes. Could we just call that a mantis paw? Yes, a mantis I'm sure paw. That's not accurate. The, like the transformation to a mantis paw. I, I was in. I think that I go. I go into this knowing that it's '97, so I'm certainly, right. you know, I'm not watching for like the best effects. But I swear, some of the effects in stuff that uh, is made before effects had such high power are more intriguing to me than the high tech stuff that yeah, we have yeah. now. Which in 20 years will be the low-tech stuff, but whatever. Right, right, right. I, I, I tend to prefer stuff that's heavier on on practical effects right. than computer-generated whatnots. Right, right. But yeah, so here's Xander. Xander's about to he have sex. He thinks he's getting it. He's so... And what a, like, traumatic scarring experience. You know, we really... We don't look at things like that too often in this show, but, like, think about... Oof, that would be so rough. You're, you're, you've never you? had this moment before. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have sex with this woman. This is a teacher. This is an older woman. Like all the things that are going through Xander's head. And then she transforms into <laughs> a fucking praying mantis before his eyes. Like, do you think it's going to be a minute before Xander is even attracted to any person ever again? It's going to take some time. He's going to need to do some healing. It's a psychological mind bend right there is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so she's a mantis. She she brings him to the basement where we find that guess Blaine! what? Blaine's there. What a virgin. What a virgin. And when I and and this is we talked about this in the beginning of this episode, how, you know, there's so many up endings of um masculinity in this show. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about this scene too was it seemed like the more you touted your masculinity, the bigger baby you became in the face of danger. Right. Which which I love. And I've seen that happens in other movies and other right, shows. Right. And I, I really enjoy it, I think, because it's a nice <laughs> underlining of how ridiculous it is that on the outside so many people, so many men feel the need to be like, bah, bah, bah. To puff themselves up. Right. To puff yeah. themselves up. When, like, really in the face of a praying mantis, we're all just as scared. And Blaine is the most scared. Sanders actually... He's pretty cool under fire, yeah. all things considered. Also, if you're going to break a bar off of your cell, why wouldn't you break a bar off that leads out of the <laughs> Which cell? Which is the question that Blaine asks to give Blaine a point. Right. He's like, man, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Xander stays really calm considering and, like, makes a break for it and then slams his head. That head slam made me gasp aloud. Yeah, that was bad. It was a bad thing. And bang. then down the stairs. Down the stairs. Meanwhile... <laughs> Meanwhile in Sunnydale. <laughs> Back to the library with Buffy Willow and Giles. And it's revealed after Giles gets off the phone with the his colleague who is now in an, an asylum. Right. Who chased and hunted a she-mantis for a long time and was driven mad in his pursuit. Has revealed to Giles that the mantis, in fact, is seeking human male virgins. <laughs> right? hmm And Giles repeats this to Buffy and Willow. And Buffy tries to, like wrap her mind around like um is he probably he's fine right he must be fine willow's like we gotta go right now (laughs) willow knows what's up yeah willow and you know you know something we see in this episode too i think is willow starting to make a little bit more apparent that she has some kind of feelings for xander she loves his head she loves him very much where his eyes are and his hair right it's very sweet it's very sweet and that's you know We'll explore. We'll explore more. But then Buffy goes and gets old forkhand to <laughs> show them where where to find this this teacher mantis. After briefly meeting with the woman whose social security number the <laughs> she mantis stole, <laughs> Buffy elects to hop down into the sewer, grab old fork guy, right, and uh, le- have him essentially lead her like a bloodhound. Through a literal bloodhound. Right. Uh, through the neighborhood until he, she finds the house that he's scared of. 
And this is like this is a great moment too because the whole episode starts with Angel being like, "You're gonna have a tough time with this one. <laughs> Don't let him get you in a corner. Here's my jacket." And Buffy's like, "I need this one for another project, actually. <laughs> let me tie him up and lead him through the streets like a puppy dog that I have on a leash." <laughs> so she was fine. Um, that guy. See you later via fence steak. Right, 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 right. Um, and then they've got, she's had Giles record some bats on her because she did her homework. Right, because she did her homework because oh, the teacher believed in Dr. her. Gregory. God, if there's any takeaway message that I'm most happy about in this whole episode, well, okay, takeaway message number one, women can bite your head off, so fuck off. Takeaway <laughs> message number two is like teachers believing in students is so powerful. Yeah, it's really important. Um, but yeah, so then we eat, right. The virgins, Blaine is a virgin, Xander is a virgin. We like that bow is tied that, um, right, right, right. You know, puffed up masculinity. Ha ha ha. It's nothing. It's just all a farce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then my next note in all caps is angel is so hot. Angel smiled. Angel smiled. Wait, before we, t- before, <laughs> just sticking to chronology okay, I'll for read that one again. second, because we're going to need to talk about Angel a little bit more. Yeah. Um, once they get into the Mantis lair, and Buffy's like, get a load of this, and she hits play on the tape recorder, and you hear Giles' oh. voice, extremely important to file, not only alphabetically, and she's like, what? And he's like, flip it over! And then, and then, once she gets the tape flipped over and hits and uh, hits play again. She's like, oh, so classic. Bat sonar makes your whole nervous system go to hell. You can go there with it. Ugh. Hack, 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 hack. It's such a great uh, horror zinger. Like, um, you know, like has a real classic heft to it. Totally, totally. And that's like, you know, I don't think this is a spoiler, but we get deep into Buffy's sarcasm, like sarcastic <laughs> remarks later in the series, because I remember that specifically, like being oh, yeah. something that becomes so much a part of the her. banter. Right. So much part of her repertoire that when people do impersonations of her, that's <laughs> right. That's what they hold to is mm-hmm. this is this ridiculous banter. I mean, not ridiculous, amazing banter that she can not only kill these demons, but she can be like, before she slays. It's great. It's so great. And also, one last thing before we, we go back to uh, Angel Town. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to note that this episode begins with Xander having a daydream about saving Buffy and mm. ends with Buffy saving Xander. And there just it is. Something to think about. But I'm dumb. So, yeah. Angel, he's like, keep the jacket, toots. Yeah. And then he smiles and then he walks away. And she's like, oh, boy. He smiles. And I'm like, oh, boy. I know. Isn't everyone? Yeah. Sexuality aside? My kingdom for a time machine and (sighs) the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, because he has definitely not smiled. Every cell in my body knew that I had not seen him yet smile when he smiled. We've only seen him be very serious. And he's... I don't know. Maybe he likes likes Buffy a little bit. <laughs> She's making him smile. He's given uh, he's given her his jacket. What I want to know is, can we time travel back so that I can be like, hey, Buffy, now that you have Angel's jacket, can I borrow your brown leather jacket that you wore? Right. Oh, a few God. episodes. I need ago? to get some screen grabs. We need to screen grab that jacket. Post it on socials. Have you seen this jacket? Have you? <laughs> We should put up signs in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Missing. And, the, you know, a, a thing that I also thought was really funny as the as the episode was winding down, you know, Buffy's like, oh, what does she say? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, was that because then, oh, then she goes, I don't know what the order is, but she she gets his, uh, the teacher's glasses. Right. That's the very last. The very thing. last scene. Um, and she puts it in his like jacket pocket, oh. which is behind the door. And my that was my first emotion. Oh, like I'm so moved, and like this teacher really meant so much to her. And then I thought, why have no police been involved in this investigation? <laughs> <laughs> why is his jacket and his glasses still in a classroom that is open to students? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he has been beheaded inside of the school yeah. and put into a refrigerator. Well, I think either. The police in Sunnydale are so busy right. that they can't possibly get to every beheading. Right. <laughs> right. Or they're so used to totally bonkers shit happening all the time. Right. They're like, well, unless you like need us to 
stop an active <laughs> criminal yeah. from doing something in front of you right now, we'll be doing that elsewhere. God, I guess that's true because the first episode there was that dead guy in the locker. And no the police. Extreme dead guy extreme in the locker. Extreme dead guy in the locker. And we saw no police intervention then either. No, we don't see a whole lot of police yeah. in um, in Sunnydale. So interesting. And interesting to me that all of the evidence from this man's murder yeah. was just open, free range for right, anyone right, to play right. with or touch Yikes. or have their feelings about good but, teachers on. Thank God that was possible so Buffy could get a little closure and say goodnight, Dr. Gregory, and then we could see the eggs. Yeah, I'm curious to see if Buffy does her homework more now in future episodes or if it was just a one-episode <laughs> arc. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. I've got a question for you. Mm. Did you ever have a crush on any of your teachers? Ooh, Good question. I don't um I think that I might have had like a crush on my first grade teacher without knowing that it was a crush mm -hmm. because I like so vividly remember her. Her name was Mrs. Wells and I don't know what she actually looked like, but my memory of her is like she was she was very young, I'm sure, like, you know, in her 20s or something. Mm -hmm. And she had long blonde hair. And I just remember like loving her so much. So that like that's my mm -hmm. most visceral teacher love memory but it was so it was before the time when I could obviously identify it as any kind of actual crush um and that's that's the that's the biggest thing I remember in terms of yeah wow. what about you I had a like crushes on a couple of teachers in high school mm -hmm. but like I don't want to say their names in case like they are Buffy the Vampire Slayer why why this would be a great reveal for them say the names say the okay, okay, names okay, okay. I'm not gonna say their names but I'll like <laughs> Um, be more descriptive. There was like uh, an art teacher who was like the super hot young art teacher that mm -hmm. everybody had a crush on. Mm -hmm. And there was like an English teacher who was like really smart and cool. And we can't know their names. No. Great. Well, I'll do some research, audience. <laughs> I'll see if I can find their names for us. Perfect. You don't want your teachers to know you had a crush on them? No, heavens no. That would be uh, so humiliating. Well, slash probably they already know. Mrs. Wells from Our Lady of Lords in West Islip, <laughs> New York. If you're out there, I would like for you to know the first grade Kristen thought you were pretty rad. Wow. <laughs> you're really something. Thanks. I feel like we really did a number on this episode. I know. I'm, I'm like, actually happy that I got through the notes that I had because I, when I finished this episode, I was like, oh, I have so much to say. We might not. It might, this might be a two-hour episode. This might be. Yeah, this might be. A, a very special <laughs> episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer. This is our holiday Te special. Yeah. Teacher's Pet really got me. A lot <laughs> happened in it. I was excited. Things that, things that happened in this episode that didn't happen last episode, like, I think, you know, like, Angel was here. The mm -hmm. Bronze was here. Mm -hmm. Like, there were just things that personally get Kristen fired up in yeah, this episode. Yeah. That, so I had more to say specifically about things. More Buffy and Willow being um, yeah. si willingly, willfully silent feminists. Yes, yes, exactly. Less Cordelia, which, you know, we is a bummer. But, is a bummer, but her but her presence was noted and loved. And felt. And felt. And more, I just feel like a little, just a little more depth from everybody. Just yes. Like a little partial layer carved out. We're getting there. Yeah, it's so awesome ah oh, i'm so excited it's like all i want to do i want you all to know that all and, and stay with me and us if you're if you're watching this for the first time or re-watching it because all i want to do is be like okay jenny but can we just watch the whole like can we just watch a bunch of episodes <laughs> so that like we can see all of these amazing things that i know are, co are coming along but i'm gonna be patient you're gonna pace yourself i'm gonna pace myself for this podcast so listeners pace yourselves too so you can watch along with us because i think podcast. it's the most fun way this podcast thanks you. <laughs> cool. Well, teacher's pet. We did it. We what did a it. Great episode. We, we did, and and you know we might according to the end of this episode we may have to do it again because those eggs were looking mighty hatched. Yeah, yeah, they were really they were, feeling they mature. Were ready to go. And that is a, a classic horror ending too. Totally, very West Craven. Yes, it's like and to be continued. The bow is tied. Possibly. Just kidding. Just yeah, kidding. Because yeah. the monster is still out there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, A++ for this episode. One of my favorites so far out yeah. of four. Super great. Mm -hmm. well, I guess that's it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. My name's Jenny Owen Youngs, and you can find me on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo, and you can find me on Twitter at Kristen Nolene. 
which is K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Well, we're all going to get there together. One day we'll all know how to spell my name. <laughs> or you can just follow me at Everyone is Gay. And if you'd like to find us on Twitter as a podcast, you can tweet at us at BufferingCast, or you can write us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. We are going to read some of the messages that we've gotten from you and talk about some of the questions you've asked us on some special episodes uh, this season and next season and seasons into the future uh, <laughs> called mailbag episodes, Jenny said, right? They're, that's what they're called oh, in yes, podcast mailbag land. Episodes. That's what professional podcasters call them. Jenny's teaching me how to be a professional podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for those. Yeah, and we've been loving the emails we've been getting so far. It's been so delightful to receive them. Yeah, and speaking of delightful things to receive and lovely notes, if you haven't yet gone to iTunes and left us a review, please do. We would love to hear from you, um, especially if you have a positive opinion. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, those reviews are super helpful. Um, It helps people say, like, oh, is this for real? And then they see your wonderful, lovely reviews, and they're like, this is for real because Anonymous loved it. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, head on over there and help us out, and we'll see you. Well, we won't see you. But we'll talk to you next week. Yes. Ah, Dr. Gregory, he believed in me. All of the grown-ups think I'm a lost cause. When was the last time someone didn't write me off to lunch and then... We found him with no head Cordelia's screaming But she's real resilient Shouldn't someone be calling Law enforcement Ah, ah I won't ever be teacher's pet I'm really just not cut out for it Slayers weren't meant to study entomology Could somebody please put Blaine on mute And would you get a fucking load of this in her head around on top of her neck who'd want to be teachers Regressive contest How often it's been said Pretty girls just make boys Lose their heads with their smiles That say take a chance On my mandibles And serrated hands They all wanna be teachers pet I'm really really just not down with it Gotta save my friends from a giant she mantis Virgins are her favorite But she hates bats So sure makes hacking off her limbs a little less hard We are the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a reader, writer, liver, and breather of comic books. And I'm Nat, and I know absolutely nothing about comics. Which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields. Exactly. Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favorite comics, including Sandman Saga and Laura Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. Then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season, and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat, before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. Is it related to Chili Con Carn? Do you mean chili con carne? Maybe we should be chili sands.